Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I still got three hours to play. Plenty of time to chat you up, and we'll get the phones restoked in a bit. But we're going to spend the next 10 or 12 minutes talking about the National Hockey League. And you've heard me say this on the air many times before. If you're not a hockey head, and a great majority of our listeners are uh, casual hockey fans, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. And I wouldn't even consider myself a hockey head. Oh, but I get into it at the end of the year. Because even if you think football, football, NFL, college football, basketball, college basketball, NBA basketball, baseball are all more prominent sports than hockey, the best chase for a championship is the battle for Lord Stanley Cup. Year in and year out. It just never changes. And they've gotten it underway in two hub cities. And I think it's been great so far. Let's get the opinion of a guy who covers it more closely than I do. He does so as a host and contributor for Golf on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, writes for GolfRex.com, GolfArcs.com. And also uh, uh, is the, uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm giving you the uh, resume for uh, my next guest. From the Sirius XM NHL Network, editor-in-chief from Hockey Lifestyle Magazine, David Pagnata joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, David? I'm good, man. How's it going? Good. Appreciate you coming on board for a couple of minutes. Hockey Lifestyle Magazine, as I just said, I'm a hockey fan, not a diehard, but a better-than-casual hockey fan. I've never perused Hockey Lifestyle Magazine. What are you guys covering at? Yeah, well, basically, like, GQ meets NHL. It's, it's the... the, the Stuff that happens off the ice, everything that's going away from it, the guys in their cars, their fashion, their vacations, where they like to go on their trips, everything that encompasses the game, but away from the actual on-ice action. We cover the on-ice stuff, too, but when we really feature things, it's all about getting to know these guys, taking their helmets off, and putting a different spotlight on the athletes versus what you see in a regular you know, hockey game that happens throughout the course of the season. Now, I will both praise and question the NHL players here because I've worked a lot of <laughs> NHL locker rooms over the years. They are easily, easily the best bunch of guys to work with. They just get it. Yeah. They understand it. There are less divas. There are less attitudes. Uh, they, they are, it's the easiest locker room to work because the guys are such good guys and hardworking and the like. So there's my praise. My questioning yeah. <laughs> would be, I've seen some of their outfits. NBA guys dress for success. NFL guys. Baseball, not that much better than hockey, but I'd give them a slight nod. 
that would be the least fashionable locker room that I work. How do you work their fashion into it when they're just a bunch of hardworking Canadian hockey players? Yeah, well, you know what? The, the European guys, especially a lot of the Swedes, the guys from Sweden, have really started to influence okay. some of the rooms and, and bringing in. I mean, you got Hank Lundqvist that kind of started the whole trend of looking like a freaking model as you're coming into the room <laughs> and before games. And this is the first time because the league's got, got a dress code. You know, you got to wear suits to a game. But because of what's happened, because we've got Hub City action, qualifying round that'll end today, everybody's been given an opportunity to have a little bit of leeway and dress as they see fit coming to the rink. So you see guys in suits, you see guys in track outfits, you see guys in all kinds of different, you know, attire and swag and things like that. It's been a different spin on it. The guys get to show their personalities a little bit more, which is which has been pretty cool. It ties you know, the, how the guys perform on the ice a little bit better with how they are generally and how their personalities kind of come out a little bit uh, more compared to just, you know, decking out in a regular suit just to get it over with. So you got a guy up there snapping picks as they come off the bus to go into the arena because there isn't too many opportunities up there to get a look at these guys because they are doing it and they're doing a hell of a job of it, of keeping all the players safe. It also cuts back on the access. So uh, I guess you got a pretty good photographer who knows where to place himself to be able to get these guys shots. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we've, we've done a pretty good job so far in, in collecting some of the, uh, the outfits that the guys have been have been taken. They've actually, you know, a few guys have done pretty well in doing it themselves, throwing their their outfits and, and them walking into the rink on Instagram and, and on social media. Teams are starting to do the same thing, realizing that, hey, you know, some of these guys actually have some pretty cool uh, swag and, and some pretty cool style, so might as well showcase that. Starting to finally come out a little bit more for the NHL, which which I think is great because, like you said, everybody talks about, you know, NBA guys and all the guys coming to the rink pregame, or excuse me, to the arena pregame, uh, and, and how much, you know, publicity that gets, it's starting to slowly trickle into the NHL. They still got a ways away, but it's, it's nice to see a change of pace here from this side of things. Michael Williams, host and collaborator, uh, contributor for golf on CBS Sports Radio, our guest. Uh, let me, uh, again, I, I keep uh, pointing to my uh, future guests uh, from the uh, Sirius XM NHL Network, David Pagata with us. Um, if I said right now, I think the Flyers are playing the best hockey in hockey. David, would you agree with me or disagree? I'd say they're getting there. Uh, they're, it's, it's kind of both, right? And I don't want to you know, skip out on the answer, but it's, it's kind of both because we're seeing some excellent performance defensively. We're seeing some great uh, emergence from, from their second line with Kevin Hayes, Konechny, and Lawton really coming out. Couturier has been great. Uh, but I still want to see more from this group. Claude Giroux is a workhorse. But as far as overall contributions, even including in the season, he's been better. But I want to see more out of Claude Giroux. I want to see more out of Jake Voracek, who didn't play the last game. Uh, if, if the Philadelphia Flyers want to make some serious noise here, you've got to be able to get key contributions from your main guys. And that includes Giroux. That includes Jake Voracek. Uh, again, Hayes, Lawton, Konechny, have, they were fantastic in this uh, round-robin series. And, and helped certainly propel them up uh, to to first place to get the number one seed. They'll, they'll, they'll play the Montreal Canadiens in round one, uh, and they'll certainly be the favorite. There's no question about it. But in terms of overall longevity, these guys obviously have to keep it up. But I want to see what Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek can contribute in terms of 
the rounds going on and seeing how far this team can really push themselves. That's fair because in a lot of sports, you only go as far as your stars carry you. And Giroux right. and Voracek are the guys who have the experience and had previous playoff success, whereas some of the other guys, the uh, Scott Lawton's have not, and they're coming up huge right now. But hockey is a different kind of sport. I certainly believe that line of logic in the NBA, in the NFL because of the quarterback position, in baseball because starting pitching. But if there is one sport that if you've got all your lines rolling and you're getting contributions from guys who haven't been your regular season stars, I would say it's hockey. And, and it's, yeah, it's, it's doing it by committee. There's no question. You get the goaltending, Carter Hart was solid in his two games. Ryan Elliott stood on his head in the lone game that he played in the round robin. Defensively, this team has been steady. They have been strong on the back end, and they got offensive contributions as well from their defensive core. So definitely in terms of how this team can perform and, and how they can push themselves, we saw it with, with St. Louis last year uh, in terms of getting to the Stanley Cup and ultimately winning it. They did it by committee. They had all four lines rolling. Their defense was great, and, and Jordan Bennington was absolutely outstanding between the pipes. But they had those contributions as well from, you know, from, from their key guys, from Ryan O'Reilly. Didn't have to do it every game, and, and that's why you can do it by committee. But they had those types of players, O'Reilly and Tarasenko and, and so on, contribute, and they spread it out. I, I, I haven't seen – it took me a while to realize that Claude Giroux was playing in a couple of these, these last three games. I had to double-check the score sheet and double-check that he was on the ice. I want to see more. Fair enough. We're talking to David Pagnotta, Sirius XM NHL Network, and editor-in-chief of Hockey Lifestyle Magazine here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so the Flyers in Vegas both sweep their round robins and get number one seeds. And sure, of the, sure enough, they both catch number 12 seeds, at least for the first round. Now they're considered eight seeds. Canadians upsetting Pittsburgh and Chicago taking out Edmonton. How big a driving forces momentum in this next round of the playoffs because, yeah, the two number one seeds did what they had to do. They went 3-0. and But their uh, opponents coming in also are coming up off uplifting series in which not many people gave them a chance. Who's got the advantage going into this next round uh, in a non-home ice uh, matchup? Yeah, I mean, definitely impressive for both Chicago's perspective and and the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, we just talked about doing it by committee. The Canadians were able to do that in their series against Pittsburgh, definitely, you know, playing off of the shoulders of, of Carey Price, but being able to get contributions. They changed their lines up a little bit, but being able to get contributions from all of their lines throughout certainly impressed me in what they were able to do uh, in, in taking out the Pittsburgh Penguins, not even in five, but in, in, in four games. Same thing with Chicago allowing their, or seeing, excuse me, their top guys perform and also getting the contributions from the Kirby Docks, from, from the Kulabiks. Uh, uh, they were able to utilize their veteran leadership with their young talent to propel themselves. I think between the two, in terms of top seeds, Vegas and Philadelphia, I think overall the stronger team is the Vegas Golden Knights, so they're certainly going to have a bit uh, I guess, of an edge from that perspective against Chicago. I think Philadelphia might have a, a not as easy of a time as a lot of people think against Montreal. I'm still taking the Flyers, though, and I'm still taking the Golden Knights, but I think Vegas might have a bit of an easier challenge against Chicago because their goaltending, Corey Crawford, as, as top-notch as he's been over his career, starting to slow down a little bit here, and, and I think that's going to ultimately put Vegas ahead 
a little bit easier than Philadelphia is going to do against Montreal. All right, we're down to where we usually are at this time of the year in the playoffs, 16 teams rather than uh, extra teams like they did in uh, formulating the playoffs this year, which, oh, by the way, I liked a lot and I thought was very cool, but now we're back to uh, regular playoff uh, matchups. Any way you want to analyze it, uh, career history, hot right now, overall season, stop and start, everything else, who's got the best goaltender left in the playoffs? Uh, well, see, that's the thing. There's so many good goalies in this league, whether it's, whether it's uh, you know, Bennington in St. Louis, whether it's Braden Holpe with uh, the Washington Capitals. Two guys, the last two goalies to win the Stanley Cup, the last two teams, of course, to do it. Carter Hart certainly on top of his game for the Philadelphia Flyers. Carey Price making an argument that he's still the best goaltender in the world uh, with, with his performance in the first round against Philadelphia. You go through the list and you look at how some of these guys perform. Varlamov was on his head for the Islanders. Uh, Morazic and Reimer were solid as a tandem for, for Carolina. Goaltending in this league has certainly been top-notch, but I think it's going to come down to what we talked about earlier, the overall you know, one through four lines, one through six D, uh, with the help, obviously, of the goaltending that's going to be able to get it done. The overall depth of Vegas, for me, uh, it puts them at the top of the list in terms of overall contenders in the Western Conference as they begin their series next week. And I think for the most part on the east side of things, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Philly. I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Washington Capitals. Uh, ultimately, we'll see when things get going on Tuesday. But for me, it's those two teams. I think Vegas may be a little bit more clear-cut. St. Louis is certainly going to want to defend their title. But I think for the most part, you're going to see a little bit more of a push here on, out of the east from either Philly or the Capitals. The play on TV and the coverage, I think, has been dynamite, the skill, the speed, and everything else. So it's been great hockey in that way. One thing we're missing out on because it is in a sort of a bubble, a two-bubble situation, media access is less than it usually is. Not completely non-existent. They have their Zoom conferences and everything, but it's not the same as guys being in the locker room and uh, you don't get to pick and choose which guys you want to talk to. It's just who's ever available. One thing I haven't heard much complaint about from the players, but you've gotten some of it on the broadcast, is the shape of the ice in Toronto that it is August and they are playing a lot of different games. Now, they're playing them in empty arenas, which help. If they had 18,000 people in there, believe me, the ice would be uh, a slushy. Uh, they wouldn't be able to even play. Uh, but nobody's really complained about the ice, even though when you watch the game, you can tell. Pucks jumping over sticks and the like. Um, what is your feel, if you have been able to get a feel from any of the players or any of the yeah. broadcasters who are there night in, night out, as to the condition in Toronto, will it get better or worse? Uh, well, I mean, look, I, I'm one of the guys that are fortunate enough to be inside the building to cover the games as well. I, I'm nice. not part of the broadcast crew, uh, but I'm one of the few media that can, that can check out these games. And I've, I've noticed the ice from where I'm sitting, and, and you're seeing it's really chopped up. And you're right. If, if this were a full building in August, uh, I don't see any chance of them being able to play two or three games in a day here at, at, at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. I think for the, you know, I, I spoke to a few players, and, and this goes back to what you mentioned of how humble some of these athletes are in the National Hockey League. Everybody agrees that the ice is choppy and it's not the best, but they all turn around and say, well, look, we're not the only ones dealing with it. The guys we're playing have to deal with this kind of situation as well. So, yeah, the puck's jumping around here and there, but it's not exclusive to us. It's everybody. So they've kind of accepted that fact that, hey, what are you going to do? And this is, these are the cards we're, <laughs> we're dealt. We'll just, we'll just go out and play them. They definitely recognize, the players have, the, the ones that I've spoken to anyway, that the ice is nowhere near where it should be uh, or where it could be if you're playing this thing 
you know, the playoffs typically in April, May, and June. But given the circumstances, they, they get it. It's definitely visible. You can definitely tell, especially as, as the day progresses, um, that, that the ice is, is cut up a little bit more than it should be. But they, they're pumping the AC in this building. Trust me, I'm wearing about you know, a couple, <laughs> shirts, couple sweaters. <laughs> it's cold, trust me. That's what we like to hear. Canadians are tough, eh? Uh, all national hockey <laughs> players are tough. So are their broadcasters and uh, David Pagnotta from SiriusXM's NHL Network here with us. Uh, all right, so we've got the playoffs set except for one matchup. Tonight we've got one last game in the opening round, qualifying round, Maple Leafs, Blue Jackets, winner get the lightning in the next round. Now, we know it happened to Tampa last year, one of the biggest upsets of all time, them getting bounced in the first round. They got beat by the Flyers the other night, so they're not the number one seed, even though they were coming into the hub cities. Is there a better matchup or a lesser matchup for the Lightning? Is there someone that they'd prefer to see win here tonight, Toronto or Columbus? I, I think, look, they certainly like to get revenge over what happened last season with the Blue Jackets, but I, I think for the most part they're just, they're just raring to go, whoever plays. Obviously two different systems. Columbus is a lot more tight. Uh, they're going to try to their best to control the neutral zone and to control the middle of the ice pathway to the goaltender. There's no question about that. That's a struggle. It's been a struggle from that perspective for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs a lot more run and gun. They've got a lot more speed. They've got a lot more overall offense uh, in, in terms of guys that can certainly put the puck in the net. Uh, it, it, they, they can play that run and gun style when they face a little bit of adversity. They're, yeah, their backs go up against the wall a little bit, which we've seen in this series against Columbus. So I think from Tampa's perspective, I mean, ultimately they want to see how healthy Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman are going to be going into this. I don't think for them it, it certainly matters who the opposition is. It's just going to alter their mind, their mindset going into their series next week. Is it going to be a little bit more flash, a little bit more run-and-gun kind of style of opponent that they're getting in the Leafs, or are you going to have to combat the shutdown system of John Tortorella and the Columbus Blue Jackets? That's, you know, it's a matter of shifting their game perspective who, on, on who their opponent is, but I mean, they, they want to prove everybody wrong that last year was an anomaly and they just it, it, was, it was a one-off. They couldn't get it going. They mean business coming into these playoffs, and especially for the first round. they got to show everybody they mean it. All right. Uh, speaking of the first round, my last question will be this. We'll see if you and I are on the same page. One out of eight shot that it uh, works out that way. Uh, don't know whether it's going to be the Maple Leafs or Blue Jackets. That one tips off about 45 minutes from now, and the winner gets the lightning, and then all the matchups will be set. Of the eight playoff series, which one do you think has the chance to go the deepest? Will go uh, more games than any other series and or late into whatever that final game is? I know, I know a lot of people think that it, based on the play of Philadelphia, it's going to be a bit of a cakewalk for them against the Montreal Canadiens. I think this has the chance to certainly go the distance. I don't want to. I know, I know. It's a big one, trust me. But how they performed and how they were able to shut down uh, Malkin's line against the Pittsburgh Penguins, what Montreal was able to do there, and then have two other lines to be able to contribute offensively. It's, it's certainly a different type of system with the Philadelphia Flyers, and their defense overall, you can argue, better than that of the Pittsburgh Penguins overall. But I think this is going to be a tight-knit series. I could certainly see it going the distance to seven. I'm still taking Philly. But I think this one's going to surprise a few people. All right, two things. Number one, uh, good thing you're not coming to Philly anytime soon. Stay up there north <laughs> of the border because I'm going on Philly Airwaves tomorrow, and I may just mention that uh, 
a respected hockey analyst, David Bagnata, said this one's going seven here, guys. Uh, so you, you may get some. I'm on tweets. record. It's okay. You may get some tweets from Philadelphia over the next couple of days from Flyer fans. Uh, and number two, the series. See if you agree with me here. I thought Arizona looked great in winning their series, and they they really opened my eyes better than I'd seen them play all year. And I hadn't seen them play all that much, and I'd seen them play a bunch of games in a row and say, damn, they actually got some talent. And Colorado had Vegas on the ropes and couldn't finish them off. I know it's only seeding, and they knew they were going to be the number two seed. It wasn't that big a deal, but they had them, and they let it slip out of their hands. I think Arizona-Colorado can go the distance. I could, I could see that if the if – Arizona is able to contain the offense and, and the type of system that the abs have uh, a little bit different than that of Nashville's. It's a little more two way kind of system for the Nashville predators. Whereas, you know, especially if, if they're running on all cylinders and you've got Nathan McKinnon, Nico Randon and Gabe Landeskog playing together on the, on, on one unit and just go, go, go. It's going to be a hard line to contain. Certainly Arizona's got, you know, great goaltending and their defense is a lot deeper than a lot of people think. I think quite frankly, it's an overrated, excuse me, an underrated defensive core. Um, so if they're able to contain that, then I could certainly see this being a bit of a challenge here for, for the Colorado Avalanche more than, than many people think. If that's how they're going to perform, I'm with you. I think that that's got potential to, to certainly go seven. We'll ultimately, you know, we'll see how it goes there. But if they can play sound and if they're able to contain the primary unit for the abs and, and, and being, you know, MVP candidate Nathan McKinnon and, and his line mates, then they've certainly got a shot at taking this far and if right. not possibly taking it. All right, David, without going in-depth, because we want everyone to get Hockey Lifestyle magazine, who's the best-dressed guy you've seen so far in either of the two bubbles? Uh, so far, so far in the hubs. Um, Austin Matthews, surprisingly. Uh, he's had some questionable outfits before, but he's been, I've been pretty impressed with what he's brought to the table. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with him in the East, out West, a little bit more casual, but pretty, pretty sweet in, in Jordan Bennington's attire. Uh, I'm liking those two guys right now. Sometimes goalies can dress. Henrik is a good example of that. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Bennington <laughs> doesn't surprise me if you say it. Great stuff. Appreciate you coming on, Dave. Thank you much. Continue the good work from up there. Uh, and feel free to add another layer before you leave for the arena. <laughs> Planning to, buddy. Thanks so much. David Pagnotta, Sirius XM's NHL Network Editor-in-Chief of Hockey Lifestyle Magazine. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.